It is no wonder that tomatoes are the number one vegetable that every gardener makes room for in their vegetable garden. Tomatoes can be cultivated in different soil types and grown in many areas. The wide variety of colors, shapes, and sizes of tomatoes make it easy for gardeners to select their favorite variety based on taste. So today on the Sunshine Gardening Podcast, I am sharing 10 top tomato growing tips to give you better tasting tomatoes this season. Welcome to the Sunshine Gardening Podcast. This gardening show will equip and inspire avid gardeners with weekly tips and tricks to help them navigate the gardening world. The show will also highlight specific growing requirements for several plants so the sun will shine brighter over their Kentucky garden. And now, here is that ray of sunshine, garden enthusiast and horticulture extension agent, Kristen Hildebrand, with the University of Kentucky Cooperative Extension Service. The number one tip that I have is to know your tomato type that you are growing. Now, the first type is called determinate type tomatoes, which are also referred to as bush tomatoes. They grow to a certain height and then they stop. Generally, they range in size from two to three feet in height. The fruits of determinate type tomatoes also ripen all about the same time. For this reason, these tomatoes are ideal for gardeners who wish to can and preserve their tomatoes from the season. Determinate tomatoes work best for small gardens or even container gardens. An added bonus is that they do not require support systems or structure like some of our other tomatoes do. Some common examples of determinate type tomatoes include Mountain Spring, Mountain Pride, Patio, and Sunmaster. To add to the determinate type tomatoes, we also have indeterminate type tomatoes. This tomato type is also referred to as binding tomatoes. Binding type tomatoes keep growing and growing and growing until they are killed by the fall frost. Their mature heights can reach anywhere from three to six plus feet in height. And that all goes back to your environment that you're growing in. With that said, indeterminate type tomatoes will require sturdy support systems through caging, staking, or even trellising. The fruit is also staggered throughout the growing season. Common examples of indeterminate type tomatoes include Better Boy, Early Girl, Super Sweet 100, and my personal favorite, Sun Gold. Now, to be quite honest, whenever I was doing my research, I only knew about determinate and indeterminate type tomatoes, but there's also two other classes to add to those. The third class of tomatoes is called semi-determinate plants. Now, with these, they are actually plants that are intermediate in size between your determinate and indeterminate type tomatoes. These varieties produce fewer suckers than indeterminate varieties and reach a height of anywhere from three to five feet tall. An example of semi-determinate tomato variety is Celebrity. Lastly, to this class of tomatoes, we have dwarf indeterminate. 
Now, this is a new tomato class where the tomatoes produce very short, bushy plants that are similar to determinate types, but they also keep flowering and producing fruit continuously like our indeterminate tomato varieties. Some examples of dwarf indeterminate tomatoes are husky gold and husky red cherry. I actually picked up a husky red cherry when I visited the garden center this year, and I can't wait to update you on how it does. Now that you know the tomato types, the number two tomato tip we're going to touch on is to make sure to plant your tomatoes in succession. It's very easy to get carried away and plant all your tomatoes in the garden at once. I know that I am definitely that way where you've got other things going on and you just want to go ahead and plant everything all at once. But instead, it's better to stagger out your tomato plantings to help lengthen out your growing season. And with that, you can select an early maturing tomato, especially for those of you that like to can and preserve. And then you can move on to your main season type tomato. And then to even lengthen it out, you can choose a later maturing variety to help capture the last remaining harvest before our fall frost sets in. Now, when you're looking at those plant labels that are on your tomatoes, you can kind of see what is considered early, what's considered your main, and what's also considered late maturing varieties. So with that, an early maturing variety would be something like Early Girl, and she's going to produce anywhere between 50 to 60 some days uh, to get to harvest. If you're looking at a variety, there's a ton of varieties, it seems like, that are in that main stage. Uh, but again, those would be anywhere from 70 uh, day range type uh, maturity dates. And then the later maturing, I feel like, are mostly beefsteak where they have to get up to a considerable size. And those days to maturities are anywhere from 80 to 90 days. But Cherokee Purple is one that will fit that as well as Brandywine. Those are two of my absolute favorites as well. To tell you the truth, I don't think I've ever met a tomato that I never liked. But it's really good to, you know, know your tomatoes and know what's early, what's main, and then also what's a later maturing date. Number three top tomato tip is to plant your tomatoes deep and provide plenty of space between your tomatoes. I know that I've gone and visited some people in their gardens to see what their plants look like, and it's a common mistake for people to not provide enough space around their tomatoes. So make sure that if you've got a determinate type tomato, that you space them 24 to about 36 inches between the plants and then three feet apart in the row. And if you're growing those viney type tomatoes, the indeterminate types, you want to space those even further apart. Space those plants about 36 inches apart with four to five feet along the row if you've got multiples. Now, I do want to mention uh, when you're planting your tomatoes in the ground, you can actually set those tomato transplants a little deeper than they were growing in the container. I know it seems wild, but the stems with tomatoes will actually form roots compared to other vegetables that we grow here in Kentucky. 
And if you're shopping like later on this season for tomato plants and they appear a little leggy where you see more stem than you do top growth, then you can go ahead and kind of, when you're making your planting hole, kind of do a trench where it's kind of like a straight line and you just lay the, the root ball and that stem in the trench, cover it up with some soil, and then you've got just a little bit of uh, top growth there, you know, sticking up out of the ground. So that is a great way to use up some of those leggy tomato plants. And you never know, you can also lengthen out your season uh, by maybe buying those on sale if, if that's an option to you later on. So again, plant them deep and provide plenty of space. Now, number four, as far as your top tomato tip here, is to also utilize a support system for your tomatoes. Tomatoes will benefit from the use of a support system such as cages, stakes, or even a trellis system. And using either one of these support systems will help keep your tomatoes off of the ground, which prevents a lot of fruit rotting and really some other harmful diseases that we don't want to see take away our tomatoes. So if you're looking at staking, there's a couple of benefits with staking. Um, I feel like staking makes the job easier to help care for your tomatoes, and it does help aid in reducing your fruit rots. If you're looking towards caging, they provide a little bit more benefits than the staking. Uh, first off, they will actually give the benefit of showing fewer cracks and sunburn on your fruit. They can also help ripen more uniformly and produce fewer cold fruits which are all great pluses. But whatever your preferred method, gardeners really need to implement their support system shortly after planting, and that just helps avoid damaging your root system. So if you plant all in one day, that's great. And if you're worn out like I am after planting, just getting them in the ground, then the next day you can look at a support system. You really just want to try to get it implemented fairly early in the season. So again, you don't damage that root system. So, and again, with that support system, determinate type tomatoes don't necessarily require it um, like indeterminate types do. However, I really enjoy, um, enjoy the look of having some type of support system around my tomatoes. I guess it's like my Band-Aid. It just makes me feel better and it looks a lot better in my opinion. But you make that choice. Um, but using a support system is very beneficial for your tomato fruit for later in the season. Okay, number five actually is to give them plenty of water. The best thing that you can do for your tomatoes is to make sure to water them and also water them consistently. I recommend watering your plants early in the morning rather than later in the evening. And here's the reason why. A morning watering routine will allow your plants to dry off during the day. And if you water in the evening, plants stay moist and they don't have enough time to dry off because they're going into the evening hours. And then that can promote a lot of disease issue like blight for later on. So try to switch up your morning routine to, or try to switch up your watering routine to the morning so that way that you've got uh, plenty of time for that to dry off. Usually between the hours of 6 a.m. and 10 a.m. are best for a morning watering routine. 
When you water the plants, make sure to target the stream of water directly at the root system. And that way that the root system takes up the water and transfers it up the stem to the developing fruit, which is your tomato. You want to avoid hitting the foliage uh, when you're watering your plants to help decrease on your tomato disease. And again, try to target that right at the root system. If you've got a little bit of extra money, then you can invest in like a drip irrigation system. And with those drip irrigation systems, it uh, has like a basic target that it goes right down to the root system because you put the emitters in the drip line and that way you make sure it goes right to the root system. So and one added benefit to a drip irrigation system is that you can automate it where it comes on and kicks off at a certain time and you don't have to manually water. But some people really enjoy uh, getting out and seeing their plants first thing in the morning because it helps them kind of wake up and seize the day. And also they can monitor kind of the health and the beauty of their plants. The last thing with watering your plants is that it's better to promote deep, infrequent watering over the light, frequent watering. And if you water deeply, you might uh, water one day, skip a day, go to the next day. And the infrequent waterings will help promote a deeper root system for your plant. Because sometimes, you know, we can't water every single day, especially if we're watering manually. But, um, you know, it's better to water deeply and infrequently over the light frequent waterings. Now, I understand with container gardens, you may have to do that every day because those are above ground, they're exposed, and they dry out a little bit faster. But feel around the root system um, if you have those container gardens to know when you need to water. Okay, so we're halfway through our top 10 tomato tips. So for number six, it kind of goes along with number five. We need to make sure that we mulch our tomatoes. It's best to use anywhere from two to four inch layer of mulch and place that around your tomato plants. Try not to get it right up on the actual stem of the plant, but come off of it where it goes into the ground and then come around it. And mulch can really offer a lot of benefits to your plants, not just with tomatoes, but a lot of your other plants that are around your garden um, as well, and even in your landscape. With mulch, if you're using it around tomatoes, it does protect some of our low-growing tomatoes that kind of um, are growing, you know, close along the soil line. Uh, number two benefit to using mulch is that it also conserves our soil moisture so if you apply that layer of mulch on top, then it's going to hold that uh, soil moisture around the root system a little bit longer. And then probably the best thing that I try to talk to people about is that it also prevents water from splashing up onto the lower leaves of your tomato plant. And this is basically when, um, if you're not using a mulch layer, it's very easy for tomatoes to get blight. So that mulch layer protects it from the soil and from it splashing when it comes a rain onto those lower leaves. That's kind of how it um, gets contact, that blight eventually does. And then it works from the bottom of the plant all the way up. So mulch can really, really help on uh, disease control. 
Another benefit to having mulch is that it also deters weeds from growing around your plant. And weeds can harbor a lot of disease, pressure, and insects. So it's really important to control your weeds and catch them while they're still fairly young and they don't get so out out of hand. I understand sometimes weeding can be difficult if you have a full plate at home. And sometimes uh, with it raining uh, constantly, it's hard to get in and do the weeding. But whenever you can, weed around your plants. But that mulch will be the best thing that you can do for controlling a lot of weeds and keeping them out. And then lastly, with using mulch, it's also very attractive in your garden. I feel like if you're using uh, something uh, like that mulch, then, you know, it's easier to see your plants and it just sets it off and looks very attractive. If you select an organic type mulch, such as leaves, straw, or grass clippings, newspaper also works great too, these mulches will all return nutrients into the ground after they decompose which helps boost our soil structure. So if you can use an organic mulch, that's one thing that you guys can do to also help improve your soil structure over time. And then mulching will also assist in a common question we get uh, that's blossom end rot from occurring later on in the season. Blossom end rot is related back to your moisture And whenever those cell walls begin to expand, so whenever you start to see fruit forming on the plant, uh, the cell walls are going to expand over time uh, until they reach harvest. And so there has to be considerable amount of moisture there. So blossom end rot is where you kind of see a dark gray kind of looking spot on the blossom inside. And it's, again, linked back to moisture, but it's also a calcium deficiency. So if you can provide that mulch to it, it will also help reduce the blossom end occurrence. Tomato tip number seven is to make sure you provide um, some side dressing of fertilizer to your tomato plants. Tomato plants will benefit from some additional fertilizer after the fruit begins to set. So when your first tomato fruits reach about a golf ball in size, you will want to scatter a tablespoon of ammonium nitrate. Ammonium nitrate is just simply nitrogen source of fertilizer in about a 6 to 10 inch circle around each plant. When you do that, you want to water in that fertilizer very thoroughly and you will repeat that process every two weeks. Now, sometimes gardeners will tell me that they have a hard time finding some ammonium nitrate whenever they go into the garden store of their choice. So if you can't find ammonium nitrate, then I would recommend you utilize a fertilizer that is recommended for vegetables. If you can find one specifically uh, that's recommended for tomatoes, that's even better. But make sure you follow the label directions according to when they recommend that you apply that uh, side dressing of nitrogen fertilizer. But that side dressing will definitely help uh, give you a boost of productivity in your tomato crop. Okay, number eight is that you're going to have to prune those suckers. Now, I don't know if you've ever pruned suckers before, but if you have indeterminate type tomatoes, and that's a lot of our cherry type uh, tomatoes that we grow for our salads that we like to have uh, for pasta salads or garden salads, 
they will actually benefit from removing the sucker that grows below your first flower cluster. Now, this sucker is a small plant that you will see. It's actually located in between the main stem of the plant and where it branches off, which is also called the leaf axle or the axle of each leaf of the tomato plant. And what happens there with those suckers is that they actually rob a lot of energy and nutrients from your tomato plant. So it's best to just pinch that before it becomes too large. Now, again, you will only need to do this with your indeterminate type tomatoes. Determinate uh, varieties will not uh, require that. Number nine, as far as your top tomato tip, is to scout plants daily and also perform health checks when you need to do that as well. So I know it doesn't seem like a lot of fun, but throughout the season, different insects and diseases can affect your tomato plants. I know it's pretty sad, but the best thing that you can do is to scout your plants daily to determine if there are any plant pests that are there. So we recommend looking on the underside of your leaves for any aphid damage. Aphids are pear-sucking insects that will actually pierce and suck the juices from your plant. A lot of times they leave behind a, a sticky honeydew type um, substance afterwards, but they can be a lot of different colors. I've seen them brown, maybe a lighter yellow, a white. And so what happens with those aphids is they're typically congregated on the undersides of the leaves and along the stem. So if you've got aphids, you would want to hit them with a heavy stream of water. Also, again, look for that blossom in rot that might occur later on in the season. And those begin by a water-soaked area that forms on the blossom inside of your fruit. There's nothing wrong if you have anything as far as consuming it later, if you do find that you've got blossom in rot but it's just not something that people really enjoy having, but they can cut it off and, and still consume their tomato fruit later. Also keep an eye on foliage for early signs of tomato blight. With blight, that is going to start again on your older growth. So that's your bottom portion of your plant. And then eventually it's going to work its way up to the top of the growth. Sometimes people will see yellowing first, they may see some spotting, and then that eventually dies and kind of curls up and browns, and then again, it works its way up the plant to the newer growth. So if you suspect something like that, you can apply a fungicide application, and we have um, protective and also some protectant-type uh, fungicides that you can use according to what the season that it's in. So if you would like some information on our fungicide spray schedule, you can give your local extension office a call. And if you have other questions about what pests that you may see when you have your tomatoes, you can also contact your local extension office in your area. And they can probably have you send pictures and help you pinpoint the problem and then help you come up with the solution to that problem. Number 10, it's my favorite one and my last one. You need to make sure you enjoy the taste of all your tomatoes coming from 
this growing season. Tomato growers are often rewarded with more than enough tomatoes when they reach the harvest stage. You kind of know what I'm talking about. It's almost like you have a bumper crop of tomatoes. So share your bounty with friends, family members, and your neighbors. I find that it's really fun to try different tomato varieties so that way I can compare and explore their flavors and also taste um, what those different tomatoes offer to my taste buds. So you might have more uh, sugar content to those tomatoes or you might have more acid, which makes it taste a little bit tart. So you can easily see which tomatoes that you want to add to your garden for next year. Well, there you have it. Kristen's top 10 tomato growing tips. With all these tips, I guarantee you that you will be harvesting tomatoes quicker than you can say BLT. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Sunshine Gardening Podcast. If you would like additional information on growing tomatoes for the Kentucky Garden, make sure to see the show notes for episode six. I have posted the link to the University of Kentucky Extension Service publication for home vegetable gardening in Kentucky, which is also numbered as ID-128. This is the Vegetable Gardening Bible to Kentucky, and it will help you learn so much about gardening here in the Bluegrass State. To find more information on tomatoes, pick up this guide or you can find it online, and you can turn over to pages 42 and 43 for all some other tomato growing tips. To view the show notes, you can visit the blog at Warren County Agriculture, and you can find it by going to www.warrencountyagriculture.com. Feel free to leave any questions that you might have on the blog or make additional comments. Make sure to tune in with me for more gardening information each week right here on the Sunshine Gardening Podcast. Each week, I plan to share seasonal gardening tips and tricks to help gardeners reach their gardening goals and to help the sun shine a little brighter over their Kentucky garden. To stay up to date on all the latest episodes, hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcast. I would love it if you could take time to leave me a review on iTunes so I can know what future gardening information to share with you next time. To help sweeten the deal, the first 10 subscribers to leave me a review on iTunes will receive a gardening prize. Gardeners, remember to keep on digging into gardening and add a little sunshine. Thanks for listening to the Sunshine Gardening Podcast with Kristen Hildebrand. If you enjoyed today's content, make sure to hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts to catch future segments of the Sunshine Gardening Podcast. Gardeners, keep on digging and learning more about gardening so the sun shines brighter over your Kentucky garden. The Sunshine Gardening Podcasts with Kristen Hildebrand is a production of the University of Kentucky Cooperative Extension Service.